Before we get started, I have an important message. If you're on Medicare or about to be, you don't want to go it alone. And you don't want to just call the first guy who sends you a postcard. My husband did that, and he wound up with some bad advice that costs us a penalty each month that will never go away. So what can you do? Contact one of our member experts by going to certifiedmedicareagents.com and searching your state for an agent. You'll be able to look through our member agents and read about them. Then you can reach out to the agent or broker you select directly through the site. Now, one thing you should know is other sites who do this sell your information to 15 or more agents so you can get hundreds of unwanted phone calls. Not so with CertifiedMedicareAgents.com. You'll only be contacted by one agent, and if there is a problem, I may personally reach out to you, but generally you will only hear from the one agent you select. So head on over there right now before you forget and find a qualified and certified agent that can help you today. Now, let's start our program. Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein. In August of 2020, we started following the life of a pre-retiree, Barbara Mock. She's retired now, and we're giving you updates on her life and what she's going through as long as she'll let us. So let's get started. So Barbara, tell me what's going on in your retired life. Well, I think the last time we talked, I had torn down a picket fence and we were doing yard work in anticipation of a graduation party for my niece. And shortly after that, we had the party and it was just so wonderful to have everybody together. It was outside, but it's been a long time. I've had three nieces graduate from either high school or college. And the other two didn't get anything, right? They got a drive-by graduation. They got a Zoom party and to actually celebrate somebody accomplishing getting a teaching degree uh, during the pandemic. So she really was pretty much online until her last six months when she was actually in a classroom. And so that that came off really, really well. We had a really good time. And it was just good to be together with family um, I reconnected with an uncle. Uh, my aunt had passed away about four years ago, and he just really, really had a struggle because they'd met each other when they were 16 and 17. And just to sit outside at a party and have a conversation with a beloved uncle that I hadn't seen for years, um, it was just such a blessing. And so I think for me, this is a summer of reconnecting with friends and family. And in a moment, you'll see why I'm kind of rushing to do that. Um, but it was just great. It was just a real blessing to be able to host a party, have everybody over. Um, and then it was just all of a sudden summer began. We had a really, really wet spring and early summer. Six weeks from the time we got home, I was absolutely freezing. And that was the first sunny afternoon in June. 
And then it was still raining and cold. And now the Pacific Northwest is under a heat dome, just like the rest of y'all. And it's going to be in the 90s today. And so it just feels like a, just like a, a, a switch was flipped. And now we are in the heat of summer. And I've really, really been enjoying being home and reconnecting with friends and family. Um, on the topic of friends, that's a, that's a real pillar here for Rocky Retirement. And we had a, a contrasting week. Um, we met new friends down in Arizona, and they are delightful. I just love these people. And through the magic of phone numbers and text, you can stay in touch with people that you normally wouldn't know or see. And she kept texting saying, when are you going to come over? When are you going to come over? Because they live on the eastern side of, of the state. And I guess for the listeners, I want to say that if you meet people on the road in your travels and you make whatever kind of connection, don't be afraid to prioritize and make a reconnection happen. I don't know that we've ever done this before, where we met essentially total strangers last winter and we went and stayed in their home for three nights. And it was dreamy. They um, are six months in Arizona and six months here in the Pacific Northwest. They're renting out their home. So they sold their home, you know, the family home, and they bought a small retirement home. But then they bought a motor home and they went on the road. So for the last three years, they've rented out their home. And then they do six months up here and six months down there. And it's on Lake Chelan. And if the listeners don't know, it is a gorgeous, deep water, Washington, pristine, clear lake. And at the south end where they live, it's water ski heaven. And so it was hot. We bought brand new e-bikes. And so we took those with us and rode and we golfed. And then in the afternoon, we all put our swimsuits on and took the golf cart or the e-bikes down to the beach under a big, huge tree for shade. And we just sat there with all the residents. And it was, it was eye-opening that there were those types of communities up here. I only thought they were in Arizona, but everybody was of a certain age. It wasn't a 55-year-old and older community, though. There were kids around, but not many. But we just had so much in common. When did you retire? When did you retire? I mean, just all recent retirees and some a little bit longer. And just the advice and the wisdom and the connection that was made. One night, one of their friends said, come to my deck. And there were 20 women in a circle and 20 men in a circle um, on this big, huge deck. And it was like being in a chicken coop. It was just laughing and cackling and storytelling. And I just met people from all over that live other places in the winter months, but coming to this little community right on the side of Lake Chelan. So that's my, my pro tip for take a risk, go stay at someone's house you don't know, that you haven't known. And it just felt almost identical to after we were done doing that, we connected with our friends of 40 years. And they live just down the road from where our new friends are. 
And we got to be together, ride bikes, we golfed, and we sat in a pool. Wasn't quite the the lake, but the pool was good. And just to renew our friendship and continue talking about our kids and grandkids. So it was a very, it was a very contrasting five days of people we're getting to know and people we've known forever. And it just hit home again for me why friends and friendship is a pillar of retirement because you can't always be with your kids. You can't always be volunteering. You can't always be doing these other things and friends really, really make it fun. I'm so glad that you got to do that, Barbara. And how interesting that the two couples were so close together. Right, right. So it's also been a summer of reconnecting with grandkids. So we were away for a long time and they were in school and it has been so much fun to get to be the everyday grandma and grandpa. Uh, they had a soccer tournament that was up closer to our home than their home and where lots of their teammates had to get really expensive hotel rooms in the Pacific Northwest in the summer. Uh, they came and stayed with us. And so we had our fill of soccer games and meals and my granddaughter I said, what do you want to eat for, for dinner? And so she went on Pinterest and sent me links to recipes. And it was just so fun because that's something that when you're retired or on the road, you don't get those everyday grandma things. It's pretty much just holidays. Did she help you cook the recipes? Oh, absolutely. She wanted some uh, grilled um, chicken with fresh herbs. So she went out to my herb garden and was helping me snip the herbs. And she chopped them all and helped with the marinade and everything. It was, um, I don't know, it's just kind of those little special moments that stand out, the things you wouldn't plan or think about. Um, so that's great. And then coming up, my daughter is going to go on a trip to Hawaii for a wedding and I get to be with my other grandkids for about a week. And so, um, I, I'm just really, really enjoying being a grandma that doesn't have a work schedule and can go and be and do whenever and whatever we want. And they live fairly close to you, right? Enough. Yeah. One is two hours away. And one is five hours away, but all driving. So I don't have to fly anywhere to, to see them. But it was just super fun to all be together. And, you know, how often do your kids and your grandkids come and it's sunny outside and they're laying on the patio furniture on the covered patio and they fall asleep and they're taking a nap, right? Because if they were home, they would be doing the laundry and the dishes and everything. And so... That was a special, special weekend last weekend. You got to be the grandma for the weekend. Totally, totally. Um, so our big news, really big news, is I think I might have talked about how we decided to um, go on what I call my Custer's Last Stand trip, where we're going to go out to um, the, uh, the the West. So we're going to leave for Coeur d'Alene. Um, on September 1st, make our way to Bozeman and then into Montana and then into South Dakota. And up until maybe a week or two ago, um, we were going to turn around and come back for fall so we could pick up leaves and, you know, get yard chores done and then head down south for the winter. 
And then we calculated the price of diesel and looked at the price of going out and coming back in. And then with the help of a really good road atlas and a calculator, um, it probably isn't going to end up being any cheaper. But for us, we said, why not? Why not just go on September 1st and then take a right after we're done in South Dakota and go south? Wow. So we... I've been spending days planning. And that's another thing. When you have a big motorhome and you got to have hookups, you've got to actually figure out where you're going to park that thing, unless you want to be in a Walmart parking lot, which I don't really. Um, Or that harvest thing or whatever. Harvest host and some of those. But but no, since we have so much time, we can do a week here, a week there. And so we're going to go from South Dakota and the... um, Devil's Tower and Sturgis and the Badlands. And we're going to go down through Laramie, Wyoming, spend some time there. And then we're going to go to Colorado, which I've heard is kind of dicey in the fall. So so I have a master wall sheet with trying to map it out because it's it's a lot. You've got to figure out how far you're driving, um, where you're going to sleep, and then you figure out what the activities are, or you figure out where there is an event or an activity and then plan around that. And so there's just lots and lots of moving pieces. Um, But I have to say planning for seven months away from home has huge ramifications. Now we've met people that are full time on the road in their RV. Well, then they don't have a home to worry about or a dog to worry about. So I could segue, though, into trusted house sitters. I love trusted house sitters. I'm not so happy with the fact they raised their rate. You know, I I, um, stayed with them through the pandemic because I Mm -hmm. wanted to keep them in business. Right. And then when the pandemic started looking like it was going to be over, they jacked up their rates. They added some different, um, different levels. Now there's, there's two different levels. But you know what? It's a great service. So are you going to get somebody for the seven months you're going to be gone? So here's where the family connection comes in. My nephew is, he's studying to be a nurse. And so he's been in school all this time online and he's anticipating and hoping that he gets into nursing school, but he'll still be doing college. And he's been working through all this. And once he's in nursing school, he just feels like he needs to focus totally on, on school. And of course my mother-in-law lives upstairs. So this is her grandson. And so we're going to give him the chance to stay with Sadie, but live in our home. And I know he'll take care of it just like his own. He's just a really good kid. He's in his thirties. And, um, So we're going to leave a family member here because seven months is a long time. And with him being right next door to his grandmother, if she needs any help. So he's going to be taking care of literally two old ladies, Sadie the dog and grandma. And so he's it's it's good practice. It's it's good practice. practice. Uh, Maybe he'll get, um, what do you call it when you get credit for doing something in school? 
um, service for hours. working. It's yes. work credit, work yeah. study. It's it's work study. <laughs> he should petition for work study. Uh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so we're really, really excited about that. And so there's just so many things, though, to think about doctor appointments, prescriptions, renewing your license tabs, making sure everything's online, figuring out where your mail is going to get forwarded to. And then just those chores that we do in the fall, you know, blowing out uh, um, watering systems and putting hoses away and picking up leaves. And so we're making lists every day of the things we need to take care of and the things he'll need to take care of. And I think my husband's a little nervous, you know, about being on the road that long, being with each other that long. He was telling someone either we're going to have a great time or we may just not be coming home together. (laughs) And um, because I guess I didn't finish after we hit New Mexico. Um, I have a friend that lives in Las Cruces that I used to work with 20 years ago. And I called her up and she says, come stay with us. And then we're going to go to try two new places, one for the month of November in Casa Grande. And Wait, where's, the, uh, where's Casa Grande? Uh, it is uh, what between state? Tucson and Phoenix. It's oh, in so it's Arizona. in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not east you're not no, headed east no because in the winter new mexico's up really really high oh. and we've heard about people getting stuck when they're coming from texas across new mexico in a blizzard and so we're just trying to figure out you know you got to got to check into things there's not a yes, lot of places do. that you can go in the winter florida and in Arizona or in California or some. And then we're going to stay in Mesa for the month of December. And then January, February, March, we'll be in Tucson. And it's just amazing to me how the dynamics change when you announce you're going to do this. I wasn't sure how the kids were going to be. I wasn't sure how the grandkids were going to be. Um, but it's our off year, right? They, they'll they be with all their in-laws. So we're free on that score. But now my daughter-in-law said, well, We'll just fly to you, Nana. We'll take part of Christmas break and just come down to Arizona and get a pool and hang out. And I'm just thinking that wouldn't have happened. So I don't know. It just feels like there's a ton of possibilities. Um, One thing I've been learning, though, not so it's all bright and shiny all the time, is the dream of motorhoming and RVing versus the reality don't always match. For example, sometimes you think, oh, we'll just be driving through this beautiful country. But sometimes the weather's horrible and you're kind of white knuckling it like we have, you know, over those mountain passes. Um, Sometimes you imagine these beautiful vistas and how you're going to see nature. And in other times you're just like crammed right next to people, right? You don't have a great view. Um, The cost is getting higher and higher. Um, hopefully gas prices are starting to come down. Sure. So hopefully. I'm, I'm really hopeful because we're paying like six fifty a gallon out here for, for a diesel lot. in Washington state. Um, because if you were to add up a hotel and a flight and all that stuff, I mean, it's, it's pretty equal. So if you think you're going to save money, unless you get, you know, just really, really, really camping, um, There's just so many expenses that you don't anticipate. 
And then there's so many items to purchase. We met this wonderful couple in Idaho and um, she was a teacher and he was a construction worker and it's summer. So they're on their summer break. They're the opposite of us. They travel in the summer and, you know, we come here, but we overlapped a little bit. Delightful people, but they gave us a tour of their motorhome inside and outside. And we realized, oh, we don't have that. Or we don't have a tool like that. Or there's a nice chair there by the front door. So we came home with a master list of all the things that we not want, but think we need. And it's just been queuing up. But being on the road for seven months, it really is like you're living more in your motor home than you are at home. You know, if you get a, if you think about it, you could write a blog post okay, with that checklist of yes. things that you had to buy that you're going to buy. Mm-hmm. And for listeners that are thinking about doing the RV life, they could take a look at that. And, you know, if you want to go even a step further you could talk about the cost of these things. Yes. You know, yes. Yes. Um, we've, I, I have been interested in motor homing, you know, in doing RV trips, but I guess I'm not as adventurous as you because I would probably do a rental first um, just to see if I liked even trying to drive a big vehicle like that. I mean, mm-hmm. personal opinion, I think that some of those motor homes should have, an additional license. Oh, you know, for that, sure. <laughs> just when from some got... of the people I've seen driving, I'm like, they need a different license than a regular vehicle. <laughs> you when you have 75 year old men and women driving these for the first time, and you know, it's one thing to be on the open road in Montana. That's probably scary enough. But when you're in these <laughs> cities or like on a California freeway, it's, 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 it's super scary. But so far, we don't regret it, but it has been a sticker shock, I think, coupled with high inflation and then the stock market. I mean, you make these decisions thinking, oh, you know, is this the right thing? And then you do it and then all this stuff happens. But I guess my one saving grace is that I'm reading and I'm hearing stories about nightmares in airplane travel. Well, and so... I guess I feel for this time, it's not forever with a motorhome, I'm sure. We will never own it and we'll get to a point where, you know, we'll age out. But for this time, I feel like it was a good decision for us because we're excited, we're hopeful, we know it'll be an adventure, we know there'll be challenges, um, but there'll also be blessings. When I was talking to one of the ladies um, in booking in Colorado, she says, well, are you coming for the rut? And I said, the what? And she said, the rut, the elk rut. And I said, you mean mating season for elks? And she said, yes, you are coming in the week where they will be bugling and you'll hear them and you're surrounded. And I'm going, oh. And she said, but if you weren't coming for the elk, are you coming for the changing of the colors? And I said, you mean like the flag? She said, no, the leaves turning. So Unbeknownst to me, we're coming during a balloon festival (laughs) and the elk rut while the leaves are changing. And so I think the fun thing about going on these adventures is you don't know what you don't know. And you don't know, you know, you could go a whole life planning to go see the leaves change. And it just so happened that that's when we're there. We're going to see that. 
Um, so I'm super excited. And so now I need to just kind of flesh out the details and I can't wait for fall. And, and this winter, I think when I was talking with my new friend, I said, you know, I want to get more connected into the community. Um, cause where we came in, it was like kids in a candy store and we're going to try everything. We're going to hike, we're going to go places. And this year I'm really anticipating connecting more like finding a church or a Bible study, finding a place to maybe serve or minister, um, but definitely doing art, um, you know, actually taking some art classes or taking um, pottery or ceramics. And even my husband said, he goes, I, I think I'm going to do pottery with you. And so, um, so it's going to be a different kind of a year. I felt like last year was a smorgasbord where we just kind of tasted and tested and checked things. And now I feel like we're doing the full meal deal with appetizer and dessert. We're just going to enjoy every second of it. And settle in. And settle in. This is going to be our life. But we still have our house. And, um, you know, those are interesting discussions around the campfires or around parties people deciding, do we want to keep a house? Do we not want to keep a house? Do we want to travel in an RV full time? And it's kind of scary to make that big of a decision. We've met a ton of people that own no home. Um, they're in their RV. Um, but one thing that was interesting is when we were in Northern Idaho, um, everybody was just so welcoming. We stayed in a place called a class A RV village. It was only class A motorhomes, newer ones. Right. And I've heard people, of those where you can't I had bring an old no, one in. I had no idea that these places even existed and they are beautiful, well-maintained HOA fees, pretty steep price for a little chunk of land to park your motorhome on. But numbers of people came up and they said, are you interested in buying or selling? And we thought, well, why are there so many people wanting to sell? Well, they're 82, 85. Assisted and living, independent. They've had, well, they've had these places for 15 to 20 years. So they started when they were our age, loved it, but they're having trouble getting in and out of their motor, motor, motor homes. And they are looking for like a level entry home and what's that chapter. And so they're, they're kind of sad that this part of their life is ending, but physically uh, the driving, the hooking up the sewer, that they're just having trouble. And so it kind of gave us pause, like, okay, well, will we be those guys in 20 years? And, you know, will you be able to do it? So um, lots and lots of decisions as you're approaching the go-go years. And then the slow-go years, that transition seems to be a hard one for people to decide what's right for us. What community do we live in? Do we stay? Do we go? Um, so I guess the only thing I could say is do lots and lots of talking, ask questions, and try to figure out what the right thing is for you and your family. And try to think of these things in advance. I mean, I have a friend. Her name is, uh, I won't say her name, but um, she was a synchronized swimmer with me. And she was 85, I believe, and her husband was 90-something. And they left. I was very sad to see her go because she was one of those people that just makes 
everybody that she talks to feel like they're the most important person in the world. It's okay. They make life better just by being in it. Right. And her advice was, don't wait until you're 80 to figure out where you're going to go. Because if you do, you're, you're going to wind up in a crisis. And she said, start thinking about it when you're, you know, she said, I think 75, 78. She said, start thinking about what you want to do. Don't wait and figure it out. And so she moved into what's called a CCR. CCR, there's four. And I should know this because I talk to these people all the time. But basically, it's all the stages where you've got the independent living, where you, you can cook your own meals if you want to, where you've got assisted. Um, and they also have skilled, not all of them have skilled nursing, that's short term, but the memory care. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of people need for a spouse is a little bit of assistance, but you can still be there. And, you know, with less than me being two very different generations and age differences, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that I put him on my long-term care policy when I did, you know, when we first got married, mm -hmm. he doesn't need help right now, but who knows, you know, in the future, it's a little bit different for us though, because our ages are so, so different, but I've always joked that, you know, I would like to spend my older years just living on a cruise ship, which is very similar to living in assisted living. I mean, they've got activities for you. You know, the only thing is, is that you, you don't open your window and see the, uh, all the water. That's the only the, difference. <laughs> the Mediterranean. Well, I, we've been looking at cruises. We were considering one. We're, we're going to kind of wait maybe and do that another year, but, um, there are cruises that are, 28 days, 35 days, 40 days. And it almost feels like, like you, you know, that, that person that just says, well, where am I going to end up now? It's um, looking, it looks really affordable because it's when the cruise ships pivot and move from one hemisphere to another. Um, so yeah, if you love the lifestyle and the entertainment and constantly new people, it's a, it's probably a great way to go. I don't think I'm ready for that yet though. For me, I never, I sleep so well on a cruise ship. There's mm. something about being on the water that just, I, I just sleep very, very well. And you don't have to, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anywhere. And unless, you know, you're, you're docking and you've scheduled a really early thing that you wanted to do. Les and I usually don't do that. We usually do private tours when we go out. But, um, but yeah, you know, uh, something to think about. We have a cruise scheduled in December of this year. Good for you. We'll see if we go. We've canceled all of I our know. cruises. Every, we get close, we wind up canceling. So we'll see if we actually wind up going. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So what else is going on? Is that, is that, um, all you wanted to talk about today? I know I, I butted in a lot today, so. Well, it's, it's us together. Um. Well, I guess one thing I want to talk about is um, photos and memories. My dad came up for the graduation party and he has an iPad and he is searching for old photos and pictures and then scanning them into his iPad. And 
um, he just wants to kind of remember some of the things from their younger years. And I know when my mom passed away, a lot of that stuff got distributed, old photo albums, and he was he was searching. And I'm like, Dad, I don't I don't think I have that. I don't know where that is. I don't have stuff digitized. And so I I got motivated. And so I am, as we speak, tearing apart my old 25, 30 year old photo albums, um, remembering our honeymoon, remembering, you know, when the kids were born. Um, and so that's going to be my winter project is to get a scanner and hook it to my iPad. But right now I'm doing the physical part of it. Um, cause I don't want to haul all that stuff with me on my motor home, but I'm consolidating and getting that all done. And it just, it, it was like two things happening at once. I talked about StoryWorth, which is the subscription service where you write your life stories. And I got my book. So I've talked before about StoryWorth. And I've been working this whole past year on getting my email every week and answering one of my daughter's questions. And I got to the point where it's over a year. So the book is done. And then I wanted to add pictures. And this is where my baby boomerness came in because I hadn't scanned all my photos, but I wanted to get this book done. I just hate having something hanging. And so I finally figured out that I could take a photo of my photo album, which is cheating, but I figured out how to upload all that. And I finished my book and it is beautiful and amazing. And I'm so excited to, you know, let my daughter and my kids read it. But one of the missings in my life is when my mom passed away 25 years ago, what came into my possession was all of her diaries and her journals. And I've never read them, right? I just emotionally couldn't do it. But now I'm 63 and she's been gone a long time. But I think one of my winter goals is to get a story with subscription for that, not answering or asking questions on my own. But in those evenings where there's nothing on TV and we're going to be on the road for seven months, I think it'd be great to have her journals and I'm a fast typer. And so I'm going to try to transcribe and edit and make a story worth type book of the diaries of my mom. And as I was talking about my dad and the photos, we were of a generation where you had film and you had to take it and get it, you know, get it developed and put in these books. And I think all of us have books everywhere. And I think if you're thinking about the next generation, taking the time like I am to digitize all those photos, but then maybe make it into something that others can look at. Because it doesn't make sense to get rid of the photo albums, scan them, and then it just sits on a computer. Um, so I'm just thinking about legacies and history and story right now of how to capture some of those things for future generations. Whether they'll read it or not, I don't know. But if they're inclined and they want to know, wouldn't it be great to know what your great-grandmother thought about life or what her advice was? or what she believed. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's just because so many of our friends are getting sick, getting cancer. Every week, uh, we're hearing of a classmate that's passing. 
And so I'm just realizing the sand in the hourglass is, it's, it's rapidly going down. Um, what are we doing to pass on to the next generation, our knowledge, our wisdom, and our love? You're, I can't think of a better way to end the show today. Thank you, Barbara. That is amazing. I can't wait to hear about these story worth stories that you're creating. And I think uh, maybe we can post a link to it in the, in the show notes. So thanks again for coming on. Thanks for extending well beyond your original agreement to be on this show. And for the listener, we'll see you next time on the Rock Your Retirement Show. Bye. Bye.